Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. And Luke chapter 2 and verse 9 says, An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone all around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Good news that will cause great joy. That's our heart's hope and our heart's prayer this Christmas gathering weekend, that you would hear good news that would result in great joy. Irrespective of the kind of year you've had, you've might have, you might have had a tough year, a difficult year, a challenging year, a stressful year, where we're hoping and praying that here today that you would hear good news from heaven, delivered directly to you, and that you would leave here in a few minutes' time with great joy in your heart. Hey, you might have had a great year. Everything went your way. Every project that you put your hand to may have seen success. But we hope and pray that here today, that you would hear some good news, that irrespective of whether or not you see success in your life or you don't see it, you would know a great joy that will sustain you, that will strengthen you, that would carry you forward into everything that God has planned for you. Good news that causes great joy. Let's pray and really believe that here today, that God would speak and that we would hear loudly and clearly this good news that brings great joy. Lord Jesus, we love you. Father God, we exalt you. Holy Spirit, we invite you to speak. Bring us good news that will cause great joy. Our world needs joy. Our lives need joy. And so we thank you in advance for the joy that you will supply in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Well, welcome to New Spring Church. We are so glad that you made it out to our 1115 gathering, our last Sunday service for the decade. Just get your minds around that. Um, 
it's been an incredible year. I'm not gonna lie to you, while we were worshiping God in song, I found myself looking around the Anderson campus and thinking about our other campuses around the state of South Carolina and I couldn't help but be overwhelmed with a sense of gratitude for all that God has done for us this year. Is anyone thankful here this morning? We're thankful that God has brought us freedom. We're thankful that God has brought us um, every good gift God has provided for us. God has started a, a new work in so many hearts. He has found people who are far away from him. He has begun to heal people who find themselves in a broken space. I am so overwhelmed with gratitude for all that God has done this year. And I'm especially overwhelmed with gratitude for what God has done in this December period, this Christmas holiday season, as we've looked at joy this whole month. How many people have enjoyed our joy series? For those who have missed it, we've been talking about joy the whole month of December because you know what? We need more joy in the world. Our souls were designed to operate off joy, to be fueled by joy. That's the reason the Bible says, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Happiness is good, but your soul wasn't designed to run off happiness. It was designed to run off joy. And we talked about how happiness and joy are different things. I like happy, but I need joy. Happiness is the feeling you get connected to your happenings. Depending on what is going on around you, you'll either feel happiness or you won't feel happiness at all. Or in other words, if your happiness or your soul is connected to, to money or having things, when you have money, then you're happy, happy, happy. Uh, if you're like me at the end of December, after all of your Christmas shopping, you have very little money, you're sad, sad, sad. If your soul is connected to your work, or your performance at work, when you're being acknowledged and celebrated and, and getting pay raises, then you're happy, happy, happy. But if you're not enjoying work, if you're like a dead-end job, then you're sad, sad, sad. If, you're, if your soul is connected to your looks or your appearance, uh, you know, when you're walking around ripped and rock hard, your six-pack be showing shazam, like I'm happy, happy, happy. But after all the extra caloric intake throughout the course of December, and there's a few more layers, you know what I'm saying, covering that six pack, you know, between you know, your six pack and the world, you're feeling sad, sad, sad. If, you're, if your soul is connected to the performance of your college football team, if they're doing well, happy, happy, happy. If they're not doing as well as you'd hope, sad, sad, sad. If you connect your soul to your happenings, You'll feel happy in moments, but you'll lack happiness in other moments, and your life will feel like a roller coaster ride. Up and down, down and up. And roller, coasters are, roller coaster rides are fun every now and then, but none of you all were designed to live your life connected to a roller coaster ride. Joy is different. Whereas happiness is a feeling you get connected to your happenings, it is outside in. Joy is a strength an inner confidence, a spirit of gladness that you get when you understand that Jesus is on the inside. It is inside out. 
That's the reason we've said, we like happiness here, but we wanna be a church that understands this joy that comes from the Lord because that was meant to be our strength. And this joy is found first and foremost in a relationship with Jesus. It's a fruit of a relationship with the creator of the universe. And then our teaching team explored the concept of joy over the last couple of weeks. A couple of weeks ago, the Reverend Bishop Dr. Clayton King talked about how joy can be found in the midst of trials and tests. In fact, the purest joy, the most 100% organic blow your mind joy is actually found in the most difficult times. Because in those difficult times, God can produce perseverance, perseverance faith, and faith can carry us to a place where we become mature, complete, and lacking nothing. The greatest pure joy can be found actually in our tests and our trials. And last week, my brother Brad preached about how joy can be found every day in amongst our daily pressure. That's really good news. Because a lot of people in the world today feel pressure all the time. But when you discover God's pleasure over your life, even in the midst of the pressure, you won't be crushed, you won't be beat down, you will not be broken. You will stand strong and move forward because God's pleasure in the midst of our pressure can equate to incredible joy, strength in the Lord. And like I mentioned, it's our heart's hope and our heart's prayer that here this Christmas gathering weekend, we would continue to experience the joy that comes from God and God alone. That's what Christmas is actually all about. I know a lot of people have their minds blown at the thought of Christmas being about something more than taking a couple of days off and eating some food with our family and friends and the exchanging of gifts. But Christmas is so much more than just that traditional holiday we celebrate at the end of December. Christmas is actually the heavenly declaration that God makes to you that I have some good news for you that will bring great joy. Yes, we're gonna take a couple of days off and yes, we're gonna give and we're going to receive gifts and yes, we're gonna get stuck in some holiday traffic, but but, but in amongst all of that, heaven is clearing its throat and speaking in your direction. I have some good news for you that promises to result in great joy. That's what the angels were declaring. You might've seen this scene before You know, maybe at a church service you've been to before or or maybe in someone's front yard, this nativity scene and there's a a baby and there's a manger and there's there's Mary and there's Joseph and there's angels and there's like shepherds in the field. And and, and you gotta understand that the angels here are actually declaring what this whole Christmas deal is about. He says, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Come on, smile, that's really good news. That means that there is good news for every single person here this Christmas gathering weekend. Because guess what? You're all people. I love that. Everyone say all. Say all like an Australian, all. All. Say all like an American, all. all. All people. 
if you've been brought up around church and have heard this talk a million times before, the angel is letting you know there is still good news that will cause great joy for your journey. If you're new to church and you were brought along by a friend or bribed by a family member to come along to a Christmas gathering, I wanna let you know you're included in that all people. There is good news that will cause great joy and strength for your soul here today. Come on, all people, black people, white people, yellow people, warm honey brown people like you, ma'am, we are all knit together by this common thread. We are in this category. All people, good news for us that will cause great joy. So here's the million dollar question. What is this good news that causes great joy? How does the birth of Jesus 2,000 years ago in the backwater town of Bethlehem, in the middle of the Middle East, actually bring any joy to my world today? How does it affect me as a single mother in Anderson or a college student in Clemson or a business owner in Columbia or a retiree in Charleston or the operator of a putt-putt business in Myrtle Beach? How does this good news actually create great joy for my life? Well, simply put, the good news that is un package there, that first Christmas season, when processed through, when received by faith, when unwrapped by grace, it changes everything. So what is this good news? Well, good news point number one is that Christmas declares that God is with us. Isaiah chapter seven and verse 14 tells us that the virgin will conceive and then give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, God with us. Smile, come on, that's really good news. God is with us. He's not a far away God. He's not a disconnected God. He's not a heartless God. He's not an apathetic, I don't care God. He's not a hiding in the distance, watching us in our struggle and our strife God. He is the here, he is the now, he is the present, he is the with us God. And with Jesus' arrival, good news is declared that religion can now die as a relationship with God can begin. You see, every religion is built on this premise that man must do something to get to God. That first Christmas night, good news was declared that even though religion is man's attempt to get to God, now Christianity can boom loudly and clearly the story of God's attempt to get to man. He is with us. In our pain, he is with us. In our pressure, he is with us. In our confusion, he is with us. 
in our frustration, He is with us. In that dorm room, asking the question, where to from here, He is with us. In that doctor's office, after receiving bad news, He is with us. Meeting with a lawyer, finalizing divorce procedures, He is with us. Sitting alone at home this Christmas season, wondering if anyone would ever love you the way you deserve to be loved, He is with us. Wrestling with that addiction, He is with us. Feeling like a failure, He is with us. Religion is man's attempt to get to God. The good news is, at Christmas time, we can rest in this reality that God is attempting to get to you. That's what he's been doing. That's the reason you had the conversation that you had last week. That's the reason you bumped into the person that you bumped into at the grocery store a couple of days ago. That's the reason your mother's been nagging all week, please come along to church. This is God's attempt to get to you. And Emmanuel also talks about how loved you are and how valued you are. You know how loved you are and how valued you are? Who's got some driving around to do this Christmas break? You know, who's, who's gonna drive to a family meal at some point in the next 48 hours? All right, uh, I've got a lot of driving around to do. <laughs> I thought moving away from all of my blood relatives in Australia was gonna set me free and I could just chill out during Christmas time. But no, that's not the case. Right after this service, this gathering, I'm gonna jump into the car and we got a dinner in Atlanta with some family friends. And then tomorrow afternoon, we got a Christmas Eve Eve lunch that we gotta do outside of Atlanta. And then we're gonna drive back to Anderson for our first ever Christmas Eve family candlelight gathering. And then after that, we gotta to go to a kinda Chinese restaurant in town <laughs> where the Coopers and the Leans are gonna to get together for the traditional Christmas Eve dinner. And then we're gonna drive out of town for another Christmas event. And then we got hopefully some friends from out of town gonna to meet us up there as well on the day after Christmas. A lot of us are gonna be driving around a lot during this Christmas season break. And at the end of the day, the reason you're driving around is because the people that you're meeting with are people that you love and you value. Well, just imagine how loved and valued you must be to have the God of the universe make the journey all the way to you. Come on, from heaven to earth. Come on, the creator coming to creation. The immortal would become an infant. The eternal would step into our here and now. The author of life would write himself into your story, how loved, how valued are you?
And that's an important reality to reflect upon this Christmas season because for some reason during Christmas time, a lot of people don't feel that loved or valued. In fact, there are a lot of people who feel incredibly unloved and forgotten during this Christmas time. That breaks the heart of heaven because that is not central to this good news. The good news declared that first Christmas weekend is that God is with us. Driven by love, he comes to you. And the second piece of good news that brings great joy is simply, so God is with us and God will save us. We need saving. So God sends a savior. Come on, smile, that's really good news. The Bible says in Matthew chapter one, she will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people. He would save us from our sin. That's what his name means, savior. I don't know if you know what your name means. I don't really know what my name means. Definitely I don't know what my, because my name, when I was born, I was Daniel, and then everyone started calling me Dan, and now everyone calls me Dan. I, I, I just, I don't know what my name means anymore. I don't even know how to say my name anymore. But you understand that 2,000 years ago, names were important, names were significant, because names would speak to your identity. And it was no mistake that first Christmas evening when God would give us himself in the person of his son Jesus, his name would be Savior. Not judge. Not the pointer out of all the things that you've done wrong. Not the nitpicker. Scorekeeper. Executioner. No, his name would be Jesus, for he will save us. And that's good news, because I need me some saving. The Bible makes it clear, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Sin isn't just bad stuff that we do. Sin is a heart attitude towards God. It's turned away from Him. And the Bible says the wages of this sin or the fallout from the fall is eternal separation from God. But here at Christmas time, we are offered the gift of eternal life, abounding joy, unending strength that comes from Jesus. That's good news. Because I know that as a younger man, I tried so hard through my religious activity endeavor to save myself only to find myself keep falling short. Maybe you've heard that narrative before as well. Because that's what religion booms loudly and clearly. You may have heard it from a pastor or a priest growing up that at the end of the day, hey, Amazing Grace is a nice song, but the reality is if you wanna get right with God, you need to do it yourself. You gotta save yourself. 
So it's all about regulations and restrictions, restrictions and regulations, things that you gotta stop doing. So stop hanging around with that crowd and stop drinking and stop smoking and stop cussing and stop dancing, partly because you can't, partly because it's evil. Stop all these things and start doing all these things. It's about coming along to church and reading your Bible and praying every day. And when you come along to church during the fast songs, you gotta jump up and down really high because the higher you jump, the closer you are to God. And during those slow songs, you look sad and constipated because the sadder you are, the happier God is. It's all about the rules and regulations, the regulations and the rules. The only problem is there is no rule you can keep, regulation you can fulfill, restriction you can embrace that can cancel out the debt that we have racked up by our fallen sin. When you find yourself at the bottom of the darkest and deepest hole, you don't need someone pointing at you, telling you how to get out. You need someone who's gonna roll up their sleeves and say, I'm coming down to get you. And that's what Jesus does at Christmas time. I didn't need more religious guilt. I needed a savior. So God gave me one in His Son, Jesus, as He would live a perfect life so that He could carry the debt that I couldn't bear. So He could fight the fight that I couldn't win. So that He could take my sin and my shame and my past and my mistakes and bear it in His body as He hung on a cross so that I could know New life as he would rise again. Smile. This is good news that causes great joy that not only has God come to be with us, God has come all the way to save us, to save us from ourselves, to save us from eternity without him. And that's what he offers us at Christmas time this good news that causes great joy. There is a gift with your name written on it. And this gift is the gift of joy and life eternal. Come on, would you receive it? I have a confession to make. I like nearly everything about Christmas, but I've got one little issue. I like Christmas and I love, I love um, food, love Christmas food. You know what I'm saying? All about the turkey. I'm just saying, just keep on rolling. You know what I'm saying? Like this from, from like this Thanksgiving and we took a, just, just as you kind of like just peek through all the bones, another turkey deep fried. And then I like, I'm more about the dressing and gravy. There is not enough gravy in the earth today. I love the gravy. I'm about that pecan pie. I'm about that banana pudding, banana pudding, I love it. I love the smells of Christmas. I love the way my house smells right now. Uh, Krista and I used to fight in Australia about the kind of tree that we would get because real trees are much rarer in Australia. But now we're here in America, we have an opportunity to get a real tree, but it still causes a fight and the fight goes this way. Honey, it is smarter for us. It is more economically viable for us to go buy a plastic tree. They're so realistic nowadays with the advancement in technology. We should just buy that and we can just keep that and pull that out every single year. I think this is called wise thing to do. And she goes, I want a real tree. So we get a real tree. 
I'm not going to lie, I'm falling in love with that little tree. Because it smells good in the house. You feel like extra manly, just look at I've got a tree in my living room, and I love it. I love movies. I love Christmas movies. I love every Christmas movie. And for the record, a Christmas movie is any movie with any reference to Christmas or snow. Okay? So where are my elf people at? All right, where are my Christmas vacation people at? Where are my diehard people at? Remember, Christmas and snow? Where are my Home Alone people at? Home Alone's a great movie. It's a story about the redemption of two criminals. and their interaction with a mean, violent child along the path. <laughs> the one issue that I have with Christmas is the gift thing. All right, I know I sound like a humbug, but just go with me, all right? This gift thing is getting out of hand, people. One of the good old days where you just saved up some money and the people who were in your immediate family, you spent everything to buy stuff for them that they actually needed and they wanted. What happened along the way where now every random person who gives me a gift now deserves a gift in return? Like I thought my Christmas shopping was done, but Christmas like saying, well, this person sent us this and this person sent us that, so I've got to buy a gift card there. I went, whoa, 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 time out. Because what's happened right now is we find ourselves in our living rooms on Christmas morning, drowning in wrapping paper, surrounded by gifts that we don't need. In a season where we're surrounded by gifts that we don't need, be reminded, God came all the way in His Son, Jesus, to give us the one gift that none of us could do without. And that is salvation. So would you receive that gift here this Christmas Sunday? Your name is written on that gift. But Dan, I've made mistake. Your name is written on that gift. But Dan, I've heard this a million times before and I've always been kind of, you know, it's not sure. Your name is on that gift. But Dan, I've done so much to walk away from God in this past year. Your name is on that gift. Would you receive it today? on every single campus, would you just stand to your feet right now? We're gonna respond to God. He's been speaking, so we're going to move. And can I ask you this question? Is there someone here in our 1115 Christmas gathering who needs to, is there someone who needs to receive this gift that you cannot do without. Come on, is there anyone here in all of our campuses? Is there someone who's saying right now, my life is not full of the joy and the life of Jesus, but I want that to be my reality. Well, my friends, we're gonna finish off our time together here, praying a simple prayer right where we are, to receive this gift of life and joy that Jesus came so far to give that first Christmas night. Now let me make it clear to you, no one can receive this for you. Your parents can't receive this for you. 
Husbands, your wife cannot receive this for you. Wives, your husband can't receive this for you. I wish I could receive it for you. I did for myself when I was 17 years old, but a pastor or a priest cannot receive this for you. You have to receive this for yourself. But the good news is, when you do that, life changes. All of a sudden, your soul starts being fueled by the presence of Jesus. And great joy begins to become the signature of your life. And the best news is this will continue to grow and grow in your journey until you see him face to face where you'll experience abounding and endless joy in God's presence forever. Come on, how cool does this gift sound? Would you receive that gift here this morning? So what I'm simply going to do is I'm going to invite a campus pastor in every single room just to come out onto the stage right now because we're going to pray a prayer in a few moments time. As you whisper it, heaven will hear it. And I promise this, your life is now changed. After we pray this prayer, I would love the opportunity to encourage every single person who prayed that prayer. So I'm going to ask you just to lift your hand where you are. If you prayed that prayer, we're going to clap. We're gonna stomp our feet. We're gonna lose our minds with excitement. We might throw cash in your direction. I don't know what's gonna happen, but we're gonna get excited because heaven's gonna be excited. And then after that, your campus pastor will lead you through your next few steps if you lifted your hand. Is that cool? Simple? So with every eye closed and no one looking around, on every single campus, if you know you need to receive joy this Christmas season, the joy that comes from Jesus, the life that comes from Jesus, would you just pray this prayer after me? And if you pray this prayer after me and you really meant that, I'm gonna get you just to lift your hand where you are and we're gonna clap and go crazy, all right? In fact, we're gonna pray it all together just to make you feel really supported as you receive this gift of joy that comes from God. Let's pray it together. Dear Jesus, thank you so much for coming so far to give me joy in life. Today I make a decision to receive you and your joy. Help me now by your spirit Live for your glory. Amen. If you prayed that prayer and you really meant that from your heart, can you just lift your hand high in the sky right now? Just lift it high in the sky. On every single campus, just lift it high in the sky. You just receive that here this afternoon. If that's you, that is amazing. Come on, on every single campus, guess what? Heaven is applauding. We should too. Let's go.